in the fragile substance of my soul And I have filled this void with things unreal And all the while my character is still You're listening to The Holy Catholic Group, a podcast looking at faith, life, and culture from the perspective of two young Catholics. My name is Lyndon Chan, and I'm an engineering master's student at the University of Toronto. And I am Jeremy Zhao, your co-host, currently a seminarian studying for the Archdiocese of Toronto. In this podcast, we look at different topics each week for contemplative reflections and casual conversations. Trying to brew the things we wish we'd known earlier into the strongest drink allowable for public consumption. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Holy Catholic Brew. Today, Jeremy and I will be talking about discernment. This is our second part of our two-part series on discernment. We'll be talking about what it means to discern the will of God, uh, what are some caveats we need to remember, and what are some wrong attitudes that a lot of people have about discerning. Enjoy! You've got to dance with who brung you, swing with who swung you, don't be a fickle fool. If you came here with a gal who has always been your pal, that's me. Don't you leave her for the first unattached girl that just ain't cool. You gotta dance with who brung you, swing with who swung you. Life ain't no 40 out there. Be in it for the long run. In the long run, you'll have more fun if you dance with who brung you to the bash. That was an excerpt from Dance with Who Brung Ya by the Western Swing Authority. Isn't that such a fun dance? We're in a relationship with God, and because we're in a relationship, we have a commitment to doing whatever pleases Him. And so, if you want to have a good time, we need to figure out what God wants for us. And how do we do that? Well, we'll figure that out in today's episode. So first off, I'd like to ask you a question. Uh, what is okay. discernment? Uh, what does it mean to discern the will of God? And why do we need to do the will of God? Well, discernment in and of itself is just allowing yourself to be open to the voice of God in your life. I think people sometimes mistaken that discernment is like you discovering um, what, what God's will is. In a sense, it is. But when you put discover, it makes it almost sound like that, you know, it's something that's really hard to find and you have to like, you know, dig really, really, really hard in order to figure out what God's will is. God's will for your life is actually pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. So I discernment, I say like that, what discernment really just means is just being open to what God's will is in your life. And what God's will is in your life is that you become a very, is that you're just a happy and holy person on earth. That's, that's it. Like, um, you're, like uh, the whole point of your life is for you to be a holy person, a happy person. And with the hope that one day, that just based on the way that you end up living life on earth, you end up making it to heaven. And that is why it's very helpful to discern. Um, like to actually to like do discernment throughout your life because when you discern, you actually end up uh, you actually end up uh, keeping yourself open to whatever grace God wants to give you every single day and every single moment, so that you can achieve that ultimate goal of being holy and happy in this life here, and ultimately uh, holy and united with God in heaven when you pass away. Mm-hmm. So I think that for a lot of people, they might think if it just means being a happy person then, well, if they just fulfill their ordinary duties in life, like let's say being a student, then just getting good grades. If you're a parent, then just being a good parent, then they don't really need to discern the will of God because they already know what's good, what's right. And I think that for a lot of people, they think of like a lot of saint stories. Like let's say uh, the story of St. Francis of Assisi, when 
they think of discernment, they think, well, God is calling them to take very extreme measures to give up everything and um, like for, for go having like a career for go having a family and devote themselves totally to God. So why, like if people said that, then how would you say, um, how would you answer that? Like, why would you say that discernment is important when they already know certain good things already? Well, how would you put this? The stuff that you already know that is really good in your life. Keep doing it. It's like, it's good for how, like, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's just good for who you are as a human person. It's just good for like the human people that are around you. And it's like, it's not that bad in and of itself. Why you need to include God inside the picture is that in, often in your life, you might be presented with like multiple goods. And like, you know, I think uh, the mature person knows that you can't always have all the goods in your life. Like for instance, I like guess to take like a very major uh, incidence of something you definitely need to discern. Like for an average guy, like such as my, um, in my experience, like right now, when you're discerning about whether priesthood might be what God is calling you to, uh, calling you to, you have a major good of priesthood. You also have a major good of marriage. And you also have a major good of like, you know, a single life, that type of thing. These types of things, you can't have all of them when, you know, you're an adult at the end of your life type of thing. But they're all legitimate goods, but you just can't have all of them. And so like um, the discernment is important. Because like God wants and desires a particular good for you, and like um in many, in like major life decisions, you're often presented with like maybe two or three or four or five things all at once, and like God really wants you to have like maybe one or two of those, or maybe just like one of them. And so it's really helpful to really know what uh, God desires of you or desires for you, and because like um by doing what God ultimately desires, you end up opening more doors um to uh, to achieving that life of holiness. Or so mm-hmm. and i guess you could say that i already know how to prioritize my life right like let's say um, i already know that my family takes priority over my job or whatever but we can't just follow our own impulses because god knows better than us like what are the ultimate priorities yeah it's just because god like you know knows all and sees all and he knows you better than you know yourself it's it's often good to consult with someone that sees the bigger picture just like how, like, uh, I, I don't know, like, um, if, how would you say, j- just like how you, this is a bad, very bad example, but like, uh, if like in university or in high school or university times, and you might need to go over, it's like the academic guidance counselor or so, just to help plot the course. Like, you, you know, it's like you need to talk to somebody that sees the bigger picture um, at times in order to actually help you make the right decision based on what your interests are, what your strengths are, and whatever. It's really uh-huh. good to, like, you know, go, go by what you know is right. But at the same yeah. time, you also you often need a second opinion, and so and so like, uh, or like you need to actually see like the fuller thing, and so that uh, that's why it's important to discern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. My guidance counselor never really helped. Guidance counselor is not God, but you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you definitely need a second opinion because, like, even with deciding what to do in your life, sometimes it's like you're making just a decision, and I think a lot of people do this. Like, if you make a decision just based on what you like or what sounds cool to your mind, then it's not the best decision. Like a lot of people, they, I don't know why this is a thing, but a lot of people want to be astronauts and their kids, right? I mean, it, it sounds cool, but um, like, would it be realistic if every single person on earth became an astronaut then? Um, so you definitely need that kind of dose of reality from someone who knows better. So, okay. So I guess different people, they have um, different things that God is calling them to. For some people, it might be the priesthood. For some people, it might be becoming a monk. 
So how about for, I guess we can, we should focus on the laity for people who are yeah. um, not religious, who are not like religious in the sense of being like a uh, consecrated, uh, like a nun or a priest or uh, a monk. So what would, like practically speaking, how would they discern what the will of God is right now? I think you touched upon it earlier, Lyndon, in that like, uh, how would you say, I mentioned earlier that the sermon really isn't like something that's really difficult. It's not really mm-hmm. like rocket science. Like um, well, one thing, um, uh, one priest uh, always tells me is that you know if God wants to make you make it known for you to do something nobody could know. So like, uh, uh, how would you say? Um, uh, what you end up, but as a lay person, you end up just uh, what you do. Pri- what you do with your time is really pri- uh, primarily dictated by what your role in life is now. So like, um, in order, so for you to discern, like, you know, why I'm supposed to be doing my life right now, it's really just look at the look at the type of role that you have in your life at this moment. So, for instance, like um, to clar- to really clarify what that means, um, for instance, for me, my role in life right now is to be a son in my family to my mom and dad, to be a good brother to my older sister, my younger sister, my younger brother, to be a good student and seminarian at Saint Augustine's, to uh, well, you know, a back, a back, a back, a back before like uh, I-, I guess uh, for somebody um, who is like dating, to be like a good boyfriend. And you know, so 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 like um, you need to identify what your role in life is right now. It's like you know, sacrament of the present moment. Like uh, what mm-hmm. what uh, what God has f- uh, placed in your life right now. What responsibilities and relationships He has placed in your life right now. This is where He's trying to work His grace in your life right now. So it's very important when um to, to for a lay person uh to identify where one really is. So like uh for instance for yourself, Lyndon, like you know you'll be uh, your roles in life right now is to be like a son to your parents to be a good boyfriend, to be a good, like, master student at U of T, um, you know, stuff like that. And then, like, whatever um, responsibilities this world dictates, then this would end up, like, really shaping what God's will is for you. So, for instance, for myself, like, um, because, like, I'm a seminarian at St. Augustine's right now, uh, what I know that uh, what God's will is for me is what the formators give me. So if we have mass, um, uh, so we have, we have daily mass, then God's will is for me to be a daily mass. If, uh, and, like, uh, if... Uh, the the part of the formation program it's for us to have like um spiritual direction like every other week then it's God's will for me that spiritual direction every other week, um in the role that I have as a son, like whenever I visit home for instance mm-hmm. if uh, like you know if I'm to be a good son to my parents um since they're getting along in age um you, you know I should be helping them with like doing stuff like cutting the grass or like you know like uh, mowing uh, like like shoveling the driveway cleaning dishes you know like anyway it's just like relieve a little burden off their back or just like spending time listening to them. That's God's will for me and my family. And like, um, if I'm guess uh, for someone who's dating, for instance, uh, uh, you you know, you need to be constant communication with your significant other. So it's God's will for you at this moment in your life to actually like, you know, make the time in your schedule to go on dates with your special somebody. That type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. So I guess it's you. You pick what. Um, I guess if you look at it like a like a video game, like you have certain objectives that you have to fulfill, and then the other ones are kind of optional, like they're secondary objectives, and those should kind of um, like they're kind of I guess like there's a main quest that you need to finish in order to complete the game, but then there's other things that are kind of interesting, but they need to take you know um, like secondary importance to the main quest. Yeah, in, in a sense, yeah. you could put it like that. Yeah. And I guess sometimes you can, um, I think that one thing that a lot of people do um, is they can do the main quest, but then they get distracted. So um, like, let's say you can do studying, 
Um, so they think they're being a good student, but at the same time, they're distracted. They're like checking social media and lecture, or they're mm -hmm. not really trying uh, to understand the material properly. So that's kind of like they're deceiving themselves and they're not taking their priorities um, uh, properly, right? And then in that way, they're not doing the will of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like um, if, like for instance, if you know that you have a paper or a due tomorrow, and you and you have to get and you only have like so many hours left, then it's pretty much guaranteed that the will of God for you is actually get the you know get the hell of that paper done. Like you know you shouldn't yeah. be like on YouTube and like binging on like Netflix shows or anything. Like yeah. it's just, I guess it's self-explanatory. Mm, yeah. Okay, so. I guess for these major decisions in life, it's pretty straightforward. But how about like the minor decisions? Um, like how about, because when we, th I guess when I think of discerning the will of God, you're supposed to be discerning his will in everything, right? Like it's not just the big things, but also in the little things. Because, you know, being a saint isn't, I guess when you think of the saints, they're not just saints because they mm -hmm. do the big things really well. Like it's not mm -hmm. just because, you know, they founded some religious order or they've donated, you know, they've helped millions of people around the world but also in the little things like in their little everyday interactions as well mm -hmm. i think that's that's what makes the saints so attractive right they're not just like superhumans they're also very very diligent in like the little things so how would you um like if you're a regular lay person or even just like you know religious person how would you um discern the will of god in these little things okay so i i guess like when it means like discerning god's will in little things um you have to, uh, it's, it's not at the same, uh, how would you say, um, God gives you freedom as a person, because I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking, like, oh my gosh, I discern everything in my life. So that means that like, you know, every single action I do, I have to make this like, do this like, neurotic exercise and like try to like figure out like, you know, what is right, what is wrong, or like, you know, what I should be doing, what I should not be doing, and like, um, which is the best option too. And then like, it, it just becomes like a huge burden on you. So when it comes to like, let's say major things in your life, like, you know, your roles in life, whether it be like son, student, or, I don't know, like worker or like significant other or whatever mm -hmm. else, like those, those major things, those major uh, roles, roles in life and decisions. Yeah. Like, you know, you definitely should be um, spending a little, like a little bit of time of trying to figure like actually like uh, asking God, like, you know, what, what should I be doing? Like I'm um, in, in, inside my family or inside this relationship or inside like school right now. But then when it comes to minor things, like um, what I'm going to have for dinner, mm -hmm. in, in all honesty, like I don't think like God can really, I don't want to say you couldn't care less, but like, it's really totally up to you. Uh -huh. And that like, um, when it comes to very minor things in life, like, um, you know, God created everything good and he gave you freedom as well. Like whatever you end up picking, he'll enjoy doing it with you. As long as what you're doing is objectively good, you know, that type of thing. So I've been, I've been trying to choose like, you know, what's after dinner tonight, Chinese or Italian or Spanish, or whatever else, mm -hmm. like, um, God would really wouldn't care. All yes. of them are just legitimately good things. So, like, you know, you just end up enjoying doing the thing, like cooking Chinese food or cooking Italian food, and you just invite God in, into what you do. Like, um, like what the small things that you can do in your spare time is really just basically up to you. Um, with the caveat uh, that is, like, um, let's, uh, if in your spare time you're trying to decide between, like, like this is a very extreme example, but, like, um, uh, I don't know, like, um, maybe, like, looking at pornography or yeah. uh, uh, how would you say, um, uh, doing a puzzle, then you better be choosing doing a puzzle, like that type of thing. Like, mm, yeah. like you know, if if, the, if, you're, if like the if in your if the minor decisions and options are open to you, and your spare time are all legitimately good, then do whatever that type of thing. It's like I'm God will be totally happy and cool with whatever you pick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unless you're like eating very greasy food, and that prevents you from being productive <laughs> for the rest of the day. 
yeah i think so i i guess we didn't talk about this before but i think what's important um to differentiate how uh, we as christians need to look at doing things um is not to focus on the results that much because we i mean like saint, saint mother Teresa said like you know it's it's not so much how much you do, but how much love you do them with. So mm. sometimes I think, especially for me, um, because like for a lot of things, I don't know, I think God has given me a lot of talents and for certain things I can do very well. Like I can get good results without needing to try too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, you know, because I have those uh, innate talents. Sometimes it's because of experience that I'm just able to do a good job regardless. So sometimes I feel like, I know that I can get away with not putting enough effort, but the end result is about the same. So I just don't put that much time and I try to dedicate that save time towards doing other things, even though my, like my responsibility is in that thing. So to give an example, like sometimes um, like for preparing for retreats, right? Because I have that accumulated experience for so many years. Um, it's just, it comes really easily to me. I don't need to prepare that much. Whereas other people who are, you know, they might be newer to doing this thing, they, uh, they, they need to take more time and they need to think about these things more. Um, so sometimes I just, like, I, I grow lazy. I just like don't really prepare at all. And maybe like the day before, uh, then I actually start reading things and like thinking about them. Um, or, you know, to use an exa- another example that I thought of recently, um, like whenever I'm reading like a spiritual book, sometimes I just read them to get it out of my reading list because it's, my reading list is kind of piling up. So I just read it for the sake of reading it, but I don't actually let it digest, right? I just read it for the sake of ticking it off my reading list. Um, So I think that the attitude that we must have as Christians is not just to see like, you know, um, like what the end result is, but like how much love we're doing it with. Like how much are we actually present and, you know, trying to do our best, Mm -hmm. even though like doing our best might not give us better results. Yeah, they always say that it's a process that counts. Mm-hmm. and it's like uh how would you say um god cares much more about the process and how you're transformed in the process than what you uh, than like what you end up ultimately deciding to do uh, so so i guess so people don't get that mistake like so it's important what we become but he wants to transform us to love him through whatever we choose yeah the act of discernment is more like a vessel to as like when you say discernment is also um that what you end up discerning is really important, but I think people mm-hmm. always end up forgetting that the act of discerning itself is a very important vessel that God uses, or almost like a important school that God uses to slowly transform our hearts. And like that is like, I, always say, I don't want to say almost always, but it's almost always like the more important thing. Because you end up like, you know, end up figuring out what the, what the right thing to do is. But if that didn't really end up changing you at all in the way you think or the way you love, like to a greater capacity, then like, what's the whole point of like whole point of always like of like figuring out what the right thing was if you yourself like aren't changed interiorly yeah that type of thing so we have some general caveats to uh, remember when we're thinking about discernment so the first one that we have is that discernment is relational so uh jimmy do you want to go over that now oh okay um so i think when people think of discernment they they um what it could easily like a traffic it easily becomes just becoming like a mental exercise or whatever else it's not 
like the sermon is just a word that's supposed to describe like you know your every single day relationship with god where you have a conversation with him uh where you are you know just spending time with him and then like just being open to whatever he prompts you to do and so like um what's really important in discernment is that you need to actually want to fall in love with christ every single day for it to be meaningful if it's, it's, it's like um, otherwise it just becomes like another mundane mental exercise so like um you know like the more you spend time with like the uh, person you love the more in tune that you'll end up being to like what their needs are what they expect of you and like and then that, that, that ends up making the relationship dynamic and fun and interesting like um, if you take a dating relationship for instance right um when two when a guy and a girl start trying to figure out like you know what makes each other click if they just stay on the level of trying to figure, like if, if I just stay on the level of trying to figure out, like my hypothetical girlfriend, like trying to figure out what she's, how what makes her click, and like, uh, and just like treating her as like you know a lab rat or so, then like mm. that, then like obviously like this thing's just going to end up falling apart. Like I'm, you know, just trying to figure out constantly what makes, uh, what, what works for her is going to become like exhausting. It's going to be like a time-consuming whatever else. But if the reason why I'm trying to figure out why, uh, like you know, what makes her click is because I really want to sincerely love her. Mm-hmm. then it actually adds this added layer of motivation and it makes and it, and it makes the relationship dynamic because she'll be doing the same thing back and you, you, gradually you start becoming more attuned and sensitive to like you know, how she like what she wants and like how she likes to speak and like you know that type of thing and so like um and then and then like um the actual act of like trying to figure out what makes her click or not it just becomes second nature it's not something you have to actually like um how would you say constantly like do with like very much effort it's just something that mm-hmm. just becomes part of you and so it doesn't become a burden, that type of thing. Yeah, I think after I started dating, one of the really interesting things I've noticed is it's so much, like, I guess when I when I think of dating, before I started dating, the idea of I had was I give you something and kind of like you gain something from the other. Mm-hmm. So like, let's say I have, let's say, I don't know, my looks, my 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 intelligence uh the fact that i have these friends right and then you give me these so it's very transactional right and i think that um for a lot of people who have a really wrong idea of the christian faith and i guess for i maybe for i don't know people like for catholics of the older generation not that their catechesis was bad but maybe they got the idea wrong that you know there is heaven and there's hell Right? They're taught that, they're emphasized that a lot. And that's good, right? Because nowadays there's a lot of people who say, you know, heaven doesn't exist, hell doesn't exist, nothing matters. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe because of the way they were taught, it was very transactional, right? Like mm-hmm. I, and we mentioned this like throughout, right? Like in previous yeah. episodes, right? Like I give you this and God gives me that in return. Um, so it's kind of like I'm grabbing stuff from God. I'm trying to take as much as I can from God with the least amount of effort from me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like after I started dating, it's more, it's interesting, right? Like you start to give more. You're trying to de- you're trying to determine what the beloved wants, right? What the beloved oh, yeah. likes. So you're trying to give them that, and it's so much more like beautiful. It's you know when when you hear that you know God is life itself. He wants to give you fullness of life. Like obviously he he doesn't mean that in the sense that you know he has a list of rules that you need to follow. Right? He wants you to discover what he wants and. And then when you give, you know, when you try and please God, then he'll do everything he can, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, it's like I'm giving you and you're giving me and then, you know, we're both happy. That's the relationship. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's an important thing that you just cannot forget when it comes to discernment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that 
yeah i don't know like it's it's own it makes so much sense i guess but maybe our world is just like totally distorted what it means to be in a relationship oh yeah i, I think so mm-hmm. yeah uh so our second caveat is that discernment needs to be based on reality uh so oh. i guess you know for a lot of people um especially like if your if your idea of a relationship is that i'm taking so sometimes you might say like oh it's the will of god that i uh buy tickets for the lottery or something that i gamble so i can earn money for my family or something mm. yeah so you, you want to go ahead with that jerm oh sure okay um discernment being based on reality so as much as um how would you say uh discernment is like something that happens interiorly with you between you and god you need to make sure that what is happening between you and god is just not like a figment of your imagination or something that you just like in chinese mm-hmm. like talk to for yourself so yeah. um for the example example of like you know discerning that you need to gamble to make money or so um that is something that you never that's a really poor discern decision because i guess like rule number one for like uh, how discernment needs to be based on reality um, if your discerned decision is contrary to what is morally right, if it's contrary to the church, you probably, well, not probably, you definitely discern wrong. <laughs> like, um, it, it's like, a, it, it's, it's like, you could, uh, if your if ultimate, ultimate discernment is to, you know, discover what is good and beautiful for you and it's ultimately bring you to heaven, something that is morally wrong is never going to do that. So, like, um, your discerned decision, if it's contrary to anything that's like good, holy, and just, then you def- definitely discern wrong. So, um, uh, that, that's, 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 that's what we mean by it has to be based on reality. Um, which, uh, this, all, this, all, this also, this also has the implication that you need to inform your conscience intentionally, um, throughout your life. If you want to be a good discerner, like if you want to be a good discerner, you should be somebody that is actually like reading up on like, you know, the Catholic, uh, you know, the cat, the gospels to know what Christ is saying about, you know, what is right what is wrong you need to be read you need to be reading up the things in like you know the catholic church about like you know why we say certain things are very unhealthy for you as a human being such as like the example i had like gambling um the, the other thing that you also need to, in order to ground discernment reality is that you need to have a person you can trust who is very close to god um to actually give you like a second opinion at times is like um uh, how would you say um, one of the uh, principles of discernment at seminary they tell us is that um, uh, whenever we speak to our spiritual director is that as much as we ourselves are trying to discern the will of God, the spiritual director in place of the church is also discerning us. Mm-hmm. So like um, when you have somebody else who is really close to Christ, who you know is a good and holy person, um, they are often able to see your motivations, your intentions, your actions your life in a way that you may not be able to see it and so they're able to help like open your eyes to to or like shatter some of those like um uh delusions you might have built about yourself such that your discernment can be more clear the other thing the other thing to base on reality too is that um you it also helps to be in a state of grace is when you're like um which aka means go to confession because when after you go to confession, your will, your reason, and like um all that stuff is more aligned, and you have the grace of God as well, um and not as how would you say prone and obstructed to selfish tendencies. Like um that's what confession does. Like um, besides wiping away your sins, it also gives you the grace to start trying to realign your will and reason that are fallen because of like you know original sin. So like um it's always good to discern when you're in a state of grace. 
feels like uh, your will and reason are more, they still need to be formed, but they are more aligned, uh, more aligned with the will of God than if you were in a state of mortal sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you're in a good relationship with someone, then you tend to, yeah, I guess you tend to want to do what's good for them more. Let's say if you're, you're holding a grudge against someone, you don't even feel like doing good for them. So you definitely need to like, you know, be reconciled together before you can actually, you know, uh, before your, your desires start to be for the good of that person. Oh yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of times when I've like held grudges against people and I'm like, I don't even want to talk to that person. <laughs> they didn't do that thing I asked them to do. And it was so obvious. It was so easy. <laughs> it's like, I'll just, I'll just give them, I'll just ignore them and see how they feel. <laughs> So we definitely need to reconcile ourselves with God first before we can uh, continue the relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I want to mention was um, like, it's really easy for people to um, like to kind of use God as an excuse for their own like sinful actions. Because yeah. Yeah. I know that for a lot of people, um, let's say if they're, especially in sexual sin, right? Because, because sex is such an inherent part of our human person. It's like, uh, if you're in marriage, it's like the primary way that you express, you know, the, that total gift of self to another. Um, it's such a strong drive that um, for a lot of people, if they're misusing it, they they try and justify that um, by saying you know, God wants it, right? I remember when I was like much younger, I was reading uh, some like articles on like uh, that Catholics had written, and you know, like the internet's filled with like bogus Catholic responses to these questions. And yeah, I remember yeah. there were some people who are like, oh, you know, like pornography is a way of glorifying god's creation it's so beautiful or like masturbation is a way to prayer right and i think that we need to um see you know get a um like consult reliable sources right see like you know we're not just justifying things that we want to do but we need to see what god wants us to do and like we need to uh not bend reality toward to fitting our desires but we need to bend our desires towards fitting reality (laughs) hence forming your conscience well through the church yes you need a moral compass that is pointing north (laughs) towards god (laughs) yeah okay so lastly uh we like to talk about some like wrong attitudes that people have towards this sermon uh, okay. so first we like to say that, you know, I guess we already mentioned this, like discernment is not an excuse to escape responsibility. Yeah. So, um, how would you say, uh, as seminarians and priests, we get this a lot. We have like people come up to us and like, and let's say like, you know, I need help discerning whether or not I should stay with this, I will stay with my bro- boyfriend or girlfriend. But what they're really asking is that, um, what they're really saying is that I need you to make a decision for me such that if things go down the hellhole, then I have somebody to pin, you know, my decision on. Mm-hmm. Discernment is not, um, how would you say, um, discernment is not, uh, I think a lot of us uh, have this tendency to think that, you know, um, I need God to tell me right now what I need to do. Not so much for convenience, but that's such that if things don't go out the way we play, or I don't, I sorry, don't, don't, doesn't play out the way we want, then, uh, then we, then we could end up saying, like, well, you know, like God is like, uh, you, you ended up saying this. So like, you know, what am I to do that type of thing? Um, mm-hmm. it's like, a, yeah, discernment is not an excuse to escape 
responsibility. Uh, I think just tying it back to something earlier, it's just uh, like God cares more a lot about the process um, on top of the discerned decision, if not more. So it's like, um, how would you say, when you are discerning between several goods or like a discern- or if you're not sure if, if something is like good or bad or whatever else, the actual process of coming to spend time with God and like discovering which one it is, uh, that requires you on your end to end up like taking the responsibility and ownership of like, you know, spending time with God first to figure out what is right. But then also second is like, once you know what is right, to actually do it, that type of thing. So it's definitely not an excuse to escape responsibility. Mm, yeah. Like, like, uh, I know it's, it's a lot easier, you know, to ask someone uh, like, Oh, what's good, what's bad. And then, like maybe um, like a trusted friend, right? Like, I don't know what, what to do. You ask them. And then when things go wrong, you say, aha, like you were wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I told you so. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's not good, right? Like it's not good for you. It's not good for your relationship with, mm-hmm. with that person. Yeah. Uh, some other things that people get wrong with the sermon is that a lot of people, when they think the sermon, they expect to hear God's voice instantly. Like they expect mm-hmm. to hear God's voice audibly and instantly. But that's not really true. God, how God speaks is that um, he prompts by very gentle invitations to the mind and heart. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God has spoken in history to people, but those are the exception and not the rule. For all, for majority of us, we have to learn to just, how just, well, it's like we have to learn to acquire a taste for understand, like understanding what a prompt from God feels like to the heart or to the mind. And like a lot of the times it just it comes as the, uh, it comes just as an inspiration that you know you never yourself would have thought of, but it's like um, it's it's something it's like you know inspiration that like, brings great peace and great joy that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't expect something that to happen audibly. The other thing is that people always expect like, a discernment to give you instant answers. Once again, God cares about the process, not the final result. So you won't get instant answers. It's a journey of transformation with Him. Um, yeah. Uh, Wait, so oh, I, I thought it was only. Uh, it's kind of like your relationship with someone and sometimes you can ask them what they like and they can tell you what they think they like, but sometimes it's not exactly what they like. So it's sometimes communicating is nonverbal in a way. Oh yeah. You need to, you need to be really observant, like see, you know, how they're responding and see, you know, what, uh, like you need to discover it. It's not just as simple as, you know, you tell me exactly everything. And then if I follow that by the book, then I'm good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think another thing is, um, especially in the Catholic church, we have a lot of saints who God has spoken to very audibly. And like one example that comes to mind is like St. Faustina, right. Where oh, yeah, you know, for sure. she had like a lot of different visions, you know, very intense ones where it's like very concrete, or even maybe like the Fatima apparitions or the Lourdes ones. And maybe for a lot of Catholics who don't receive that, they see them and they're like, wow, you know, Mother Mary has spoken to them so audibly or Jesus has. And I don't see these, right? Like they think, oh, I'm not as good as these saints. Um, but the interesting thing is when you listen to, you know, these saints talk about their visions, they're kind of like, a lot of the times they're kind of embarrassed. They're like, why has God given me such great gifts? Oh, yeah. Right? Um, I, I- and I think maybe to build off on that, I think as Catholics, I always forget that majority of the saints didn't have this happen to them. Like, mm-hmm. say, Maximilian Colby never saw flashes of lightning or God or ever heard his voice or whatever. Like, his entire story, is, it was all invitations and prompts of the heart. 
for him to like come start like a magazine for Mary, for him to like, uh, how would you say, uh, go, uh, go up to give up his life for, in like the Auschwitz uh, prison for like another prisoner, like, um, to, like on death row. Mm-hmm. It's like, he never had any of that. Or like, if you look at Blessed Sepulchre or, um, which is like a priest that helps St. Faustina, he never had any of that either. Mm-hmm. Or if you look at it in some of like the modern day days, like Pope John Paul II, um, Jesus, like he doesn't have a single incident where Jesus like appeared to him, like went out at the foot of his bed and said, like, I need you to do this. Like all, all of it was really just from, uh, years of just spending time with him in silent prayer. And then just like, and then just responding to the promptings that come out from the silence. And I guess like maybe just a, uh, a couple more things when it comes to discernment. How, how would you say? Uh, you don't make a bad decision when you're in an argument. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and okay. apply to God, I guess that's when you're not, your heart is not at peace. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, 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 so it's like um, one of the principles in uh, discernment, at least uh, through, through nation spirituality, it's never make any major decisions when you're not in a state of grace. And as Linda just broke down the beautiful example, if you're like in a fight with somebody, you never make a decision at the height of your anger or like at the height of your disquiet or dispeace, because a lot of the times it's just reactionary and overblown. Oh yeah. Like when you're, you know, you know that classic scene in like TV shows when you're like a couple's having an argument and they're like, oh, yeah. all right, let's split up. Let's get divorced. <laughs> like, Sure, maybe that's the thing you want to consider. Maybe not the divorce part, but uh, but you know you should probably be thinking about this, you know, calmly. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's only like after when they calm down, like a bit later yeah. in the show, they're like, oh, wait, I actually love this person type of thing. Yeah. So like, you, you know, it's like um, that's just one of the major principles of the sermon: never make a major decision when you're not in a state of grace. Yeah, uh, the, the, the I guess the very last thing uh, to talk remind mm. about the sermon is that um is to always bring everything that's going on interiorly to light, meaning that everything that's going on interiorly, like your intentions, your why you're just deciding to choose a particular course of action or like why you decide to go this particular decision or why you prefer one choice over another choice, it's always good to talk to somebody you trust about the stuff because then... Um, they can actually hold you accountable if your intentions are wrong and they can actually give you like a second opinion when let's say you're a little bit stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think it definitely helps when um, like either you don't have a, as strong of a moral compass and then, you know, you ask someone who you trust who, you know, it probably knows better then it, it kind of gives you like a guarantee, not so much of a guarantee, but it, it kind of helps um, to reassure you that you're not just trying to trick yourself and you're not trying to say like, justify your own actions by twisting God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that when you bring things to light that even if the other person isn't really directly helping you, sometimes just by saying them out loud to someone else, you, you start, I think that God reveals a lot of things um, just mm-hmm. by the act of you saying it. And then you start to realize like, Oh, actually that didn't make so much sense. Or some other ha- like thought usually comes up like, Oh, I never thought of this before, but now that I say it out, it's not just some thoughts bouncing around in my head. Then it actually makes sense. Oh yeah. Okay. We can wrap this up now. Uh, we have four main points that we want you guys to take away from this. So the first one is. So number one, the sermon is being open to God's will. Number two, how you discern is look at all the rules you have in your life and figure out what responsibilities are implicit in those roles. And then all the time that you have in between fulfilling your responsibilities, what you do with that is totally up to you. 
Number three, discernment is relational. There's no point trying to discern anything if you have no desire at all to make this uh, to grow in your relationship with Christ, because otherwise it just becomes a boring mental exercise. Number four, discernment has to be based on reality. You need to be actively informing your conscience. Uh, you need to be in a, uh, try to stay in a state of grace, and you uh, also need to ideally find somebody you can trust to actually give you like a second opinion. All right, thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. Lend me your hand and we'll conquer them all. But lend me your heart and I'll just let you fall. Lend me your eyes, I can change what you see. But your soul you must keep totally free. Ha 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 ha.